Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. And just a programming note, remember, uh, we're going to have a little bit more, more time to dig into things as we get into next week, beginning on Monday. Uh, every day of the week, we will be on for two hours uh, to help you divide the rage from the reason and elevate the conversation as we uh, move to 1 to 3 p.m., uh, Monday through Friday here on KSL News Radio. Really looking forward to our extended conversations. And uh, it was interesting this morning. I was uh, I did fifteen interviews this morning with uh, different radio stra- stations across the country, from Miami to New York to Iowa to Georgia, Michigan, Idaho. Where else are we? Go? California, Oregon. Uh, and everyone had a very different take in terms of uh, what's happening in terms of immigration and what's happening at the border. Uh, interesting how geography played into that as well as politics. Uh, and so it, it gave me kind of this snapshot of the country relating to a specific issue. Uh, and this is one of my favorite reasons for our next guest, uh, independent pollster Scott Rasmussen. He always knows what all the different people across the country are thinking about because he's constantly not just polling. Polling's a part of it. Uh, but this is a different kind of listening, and it's what I uh, appreciate most about Scott. But uh, Scott joins us on our Newsmaker line today. Scott, how you doing? I'm doing great. Another beautiful day in paradise, otherwise known as Clearwater Beach, Florida. <laughs> Wonderful. That's a good. That's a good place to be today, to be sure. <laughs> uh, you've been leading us through some interesting polling numbers again that you do uh, across the country. These are national numbers. Uh, last week, you you talked about the eighty three percent of voters. You can't get eighty three percent of people to agree on anything, uh, but you got them all. They all agreed that uh, America's founding ideals are worth fighting for. You narrowed those down a little bit, and then this week you dug into that just a little bit deeper. Tell us about that. Yeah, the uh, the good news is uh, Americans still believe in those founding ideals of freedom, equality, and self-governance. They overwhelmingly believe they provide a good foundation for bringing people together, for, for unifying the nation. Uh, but they're not all that confident in where we are. Just a third say that we're doing a good or excellent job of living up to those ideals, and only a third think we'll be, even, we'll be any better at it in another generation or so. Uh, one reason is... Despite the fact that 83% of Americans say those ideals are worth fighting for, only about half think most Americans are. So, you know, you've got a lot of people out there who say, yes, I'm, I'm for all for fighting for those ideals. I believe in them, but I don't think my neighbors are. Uh, a bigger factor, only one out of three voters nationwide believe that the federal government, our government, the government created by the Constitution, now supports the ideals of freedom, equality, and self-governance. Forty-three uh, percent don't. I mean, this is this is a, a challenge for our governing process, our political system. Wow. So as as you look at that, as you break those numbers down, uh, that is fascinating to me. If we have over a third who just say, "Yeah, the federal government's not really interested in those founding principles," or not helping with those, uh, we well, talked- only one third think it is. 
Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, two thirds. Sure. Two thirds. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is even worse. <laughs> that makes me more. Right. That makes me more discouraged, Scott. So, so give me some hope here. What's the uh, What's the path? What's the pattern uh, to restore some of that trust and uh, and get that moving in the proper direction? Well, boy, as you know, I am an optimist, but but there is a lot of negative information before you get to that looking for hope. Fifty nine percent of voters believe the federal government is a special interest group that looks out for its own interests. Uh, they don't think it's committed to uh, to serving the rest of the country. Uh, there is a significant partisan divide on this question. Just over half of Democrats say, yes, the government, the government uh, does care about the ideals. Just over half of Republicans say the opposite. Some of that has to do with the fact that Democrats are in charge right now. If Donald Trump had won uh, uh, in the 2020 election, the, the partisan divide would just would still be there. It would just look different. Um, you know, and I can tell you all the different breakdowns about why people are seeing these things or saying them. Uh, but just under half of all Americans say that one of the challenges is we need to balance our pursuit of all of those goals, freedom, equality, and self-governance. Right now, the Republicans overwhelmingly say freedom is more important than equality. And Democrats lean a little bit in the other direction. Uh, Lower-income folks tend to put more of an emphasis on freedom, those who are more on equality. Uh, and I think we need to find ways to, to again, draw upon all of them. Uh, our you know, the, the Constitution, excuse me, the Declaration of Independence talked about life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. But when Tocqueville wrote his Democracy in America, that great study in our system, and talked about the value of civil society, the very opening of his of his assessment was: you have to understand uh, to understand America, you have to understand that there's a sense that everybody is equal. Uh, and he was saying that in a sense of equality in the political system. So you need freedom. You need equality. You need a government by the consent of the governed. You need people to be able to make decisions about their own lives. We believe in these things, but we're not sure our neighbors do. We believe in these things, but we're not quite sure that all of them are equally important. And I think looking at these goals, looking at these ideals and committing ourselves in our own life and in our political world to living up to them is the best thing we can do to move the nation forward. Uh, it's so absolutely important. And as you, I know you've got some other polling coming out. I'm, we may try to steal you back tomorrow or Thursday uh, to talk about your Easter polling. Uh, really fascinating in terms of, of faith in America. Uh, we'll point uh, folks to that as that is released and out there. We do have your uh, article up on our website and Deseret.com as well. Uh, but, Scott, let's round out today. Uh, you talk about these elements of freedom, equality, and self-governance. Uh, and I want to dive into the last one just in our remaining couple of minutes here because uh, I know it's something that you have spent a lot of time thinking about, a lot of time polling and finding out the, the kind of the thinking of the people of the country. Uh, what is it in this self-governance because to me, that's where we have to ultimately find the hope. It's not going to come out of a government solution. It'll be the self-governance right. portion. What are you seeing and sensing in that space? Well, first off, let's be clear. Freedom and equality are the objectives. Self-governance is a way to help attain those objectives so that, you know, you can't have one without the other. And what you and I have talked about many times is this idea that self-governance is not just voting for somebody and trusting them to do a good job. We all have a role to play in governing society by the way we carry ourselves, by our interactions with others. Every organization, your employer, your church, other people, 
they tend to have an impact on the, they, they tend to play a role in governing your life. Um, I always point out that my wife plays a role in governing my life, which is a good thing. Um, but I also play a role in governing hers. And it's those relationships in the popular culture, in the way we live, that really are the essence of self-governance. Um, change, positive change, always comes from far outside of official Washington. And that means, uh, you know, the, the way we are, the way we view ourselves and our relation to society. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and you talked about the religion poll and the faith poll coming up uh, with the Easter holidays coming. You know, that's a very important part of life for most Americans. Yeah, so vital, so important. And those uh, those dinnertime, uh, what happens around the, the kitchen table is often the, the beginning of self-governance. We actually played yesterday on the program uh, uh, from Ronald Reagan's farewell address to the country. The, the second to the last paragraph says, here's what you need to know. Everything good that happens in America starts at the dinner table. Uh, and then yep. uh, called on the, the children of the country to... He said uh, to hold their parents accountable and nail them if they're not talking about those founding (laughs) principles. So uh, anyway, Scott Rasmussen, uh, always appreciate your insight. Great stuff. Great polling. Uh, As always, we appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks, Boyd. All right. Again, that's uh, Scott Rasmussen, uh, independent pollster. Some great numbers. We will get uh, those from his Easter polling from across the country that are really fascinating uh, in terms of the view of faith and religion in America as we roll through uh, this this week. We're going to go ahead and step aside for our bottom of the hour news. Stay with us, though. You don't want to miss what's coming next. President Astrid Tuminez from Utah Valley University, one of our favorite guests on this show. She's going to join us. Stick with us on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.